0: GeekScape, us welcome to a brand new Geekscape episode. I'm Jonathan London, and we have something special for this episode. I've got Andrew WK calling in about his brand new album, You Are Not Alone. I think this album is beautiful, it's powerful, it's amazing. And it's also Andrew's first studio album in 12 years. And when I heard it, I was like, I've got to get Andrew on the show to talk about this thing, because it's awesome. And I reached out to him on Twitter. Andrew wrote back and said, I'd love to be on your show, which is great. Uh, I want to quickly thank Brittany at the Syndicate. Uh, for helping set this up we've been back and forth a little bit about landing up some times and we found a time that works for us so uh, thank you if this is your first geekscape we talk movies video games comics music pop culture we've been doing this for 11 years subscribe we ain't going anywhere recommend it to a friend go listen to some of our movie reviews and this and that and i loved 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 talking to andrew about his brand new album real quick shout out to my friends punchline the other new album Lion out and um, they did our theme music, so go support them as well. But sit back and listen to my conversation right here with Mr. Andrew W.K. Hey, Andrew. This is Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, how are you, man? I'm all right. Where are you calling from?
1: I'm uh, I'm traveling in the, at the moment, uh, getting ready for our tour that begins in the United Kingdom.
0: Wow. Well, stay warm. Hopefully it warms up there pretty soon. Uh, my brother's there. Oh, yeah, it'll be fine. My younger brother Paul's there wrestling right now, and he says it's just raining the whole time. He oh, he, wow. he was there for a month, and he cracked it, like he cracked his clavicle the first weekend, and is just sitting there like signing autographs for the next couple of weeks. He's like, "I'm bored out of my mind," and it's just raining. Um, I'm
1: very sorry to hear of his injury. That's terrible. I know. Yeah,
0: you, you and me both, brother. I still get that protective like brother thing whenever like. wwe put him in a video game and i couldn't even watch him get beat up in a video game i started getting freaked out
1: (laughs) yeah i can imagine
0: um well dude i love having you on the show like like welcome to geekscape um i i feel like this album um has come in a pretty great time and i imagine the response to it's been enthusiastic um it seems like like our world is getting darker and then all of a sudden this album comes up and of course like you're like the shining night and white showing up with this album about hope and togetherness and pushing back the darkness. What I mean, what was the source of, of the album? What did it come from?
1: Well, I've been working on it for many, many, many years. So it was not intended to arrive at any time in particular, other than when it was finished. And I just happened to finish it uh, now. And uh, as far as the concepts and themes that we're running through, those were also not necessarily very coherent or planned out in uh, a strategic way. It's just what happened. That's usually the case, I find, with creative work I've done, and it seems like many others experience something similar, that you are following instincts and intuitions and even uh, emotions that are directing you somewhere, but you're not exactly sure where it is. And you just have faith that it will be the right place or at least whatever it's supposed to be. Right. And so I was surprised myself at how the album ended up uh, coming together. really shocked actually. And as positive as it may seem, that was not even necessarily the intention at least early on. I mean, it depends how you look at it. If you're looking for positivity in the album, you'll, you'll find that. If you're looking for something else, you'll find that as well, I think.
0: Well, I think that you're, you're really connected. Like, you and I connected over Twitter, and, it's all, and I'm so happy to have you on the show, and it was awesome that you would respond to a tweet and be like, yeah, I'll come on your podcast, and here you are. Um, I think that our digital connectivity is what's kept us from not only talking to others, but we're finding ways to talk to ourselves, and I wanted to kind of find out how much of the album is you telling others you're not alone, like the title of the album, um, but also telling yourself those things.
1: Well, all my work is usually, without necessarily being aware of it, um, than me talking to myself, mm-hmm. going back to the very beginning, trying to get myself cheered up. I suppose because that's the only person I felt capable of reaching at, at, at most of the time. I mean, I didn't know who was out there. I mean, this is going back to the late 90s when I started doing NWK in in earnest, I I didn't have a band. Excuse me. I didn't have a band and I didn't have many people around. So the one person I could be sure I could reach was me. uh, That I was the one and only audience member. And for whatever reason, I didn't experience a lot of encouragement from my peers or the people that were immediately nearby. So I did uh, intentionally kind of keep it closed off and keep it private, Um, not for fear of rejection, but more out of a protective kind of preservation instinct that I had to keep this thing building up until it was strong enough to stand Mm -hmm. on its own. And then once it was on its own and other people were able to hear it, I was really, of course, encouraged and excited that other people related to it. But at the core, it's, it's always been... Me trying to uh, aspire to better feelings. Me coming from a, a deficit of positive emotions and trying to find some way to experience a, a better version of myself. And this this album is is, is, is de- definitely about that. You know, all the, the whether it's the motivational speeches or the lyrics in the songs or these themes, this all emerged from again a rather unconscious running dialogue that I had with myself uh trying to keep my own sanity uh, held together in some semblance
0: it almost feels like and a couple of these uh topics are, are suggested by the geekscape audience uh and that one covers one that alex helis uh suggested about ways that you keep yourself moving when you're negative and uh, one thing that's helped for me are meditation reading um there's tons of books that i've been i mean i don't know if you do a lot of reading on the on the topic of self-motivation, but a song like total freedom, which is my favorite song on the album feels like this self-reassurance of a value system of, of like, these are the, these are the things that are important. These are the things that are not important. And if you cut free of them, you'll be free, you know? And that to me, that's an incredibly powerful song in what I think is a bit of a rock, rock opera, like a self-motivational rock opera <laughs> that you've made, you know?
1: I'm glad that you like that song. Thank you very much. And thanks for interpreting it that way. Yeah, of course, all these things are open to different points of view. And I think for my own sake, it's important to me that I have different ways to look at the songs, different ways to look at the lyrics, or different ways to look at the work I'm engaged in to keep it interesting to me and and to keep it unknown to me a bit as well. I don't want to know too much about what I'm doing past a certain point because that's actually what keeps it surprising and entertaining to me. Mm-hmm. And this album is probably the most uh, surprising creative experience I've ever had, where I, it was just, and it's difficult to even describe and I don't even know if it's important for other people to realize. Maybe it's even counterproductive for me to be saying this, but this was not a situation in which I sat down with a, a piece of paper and said, I'm going to make an album with these themes. I'm going to break them apart across several songs and I'm going to tell this story and here's how the arc is going to go. It was a complete scattershot. I mean, again, some of the material I've been working on since 2005, there was no ambition or even the, the thought of the possibility of having the ambition of a, a theme or a, a, an arc or any kind of uh, through line. And I think maybe giving up on that or not even, um, lusting after that at all is what allowed it to emerge on its own. Right. I really believe now after this experience, and I've, I've had versions of this happen throughout my life, but this album specifically, if you just work very, very hard and follow instincts without allowing the mind to interfere with its own thoughts and, and input, essentially, closing the mind out and just follow work from the heart, with incredible vigor as well, taking a lot of physical effort into it, Uh, a story will emerge sort of on its own accord that will be, on one hand, very personal and very relatable to you and yourself, but will also be beyond you, bigger than you, better than you, because it's not limited to your mind and what you could do. It's it's coming from something uh, more vast and mysterious. And actually, maybe that's what that song is kind of about itself. Actually, you know, that's one way. It sounds like that's how you interpret it, in in a, in a sense.
0: And it Even feels though, like,
1: uh, you know, um, to me, the song was quite discouraging and dark.
0: Well, it feels like this this battle against this ego that you know. What I mean, and you talked about self preservation. In in if anything, ego is that tool of self preservation of being like, let's preserve your social status, let's preserve your self, you know, image. Let's let's preserve. All, all these things that you just have to cut through or else the fear starts to set in and you're not able to, this is the most artistic album you've made. And I think it's incredible. And And I, I love listening to it because it reassures people that I think are going through a difficult time. And I, and I can imagine that um that the voices in your head that are the product of this, um you know, it's not easy to battle these things back and to make a piece of art. It's almost a twofold battle of, setting aside your own BS and your own, you know, negative voices and then setting forth a positive path into an unknown. And I mean, that's, that's what I think is, is so awesome with it. Um, and I, and I think that, that it's almost like you are weaving a tapestry with no, no design other than that next thread, which is again, like in meditation, a level of staying present. Does that make sense? Because if you do not yeah, stay present, yeah. if you go too far, yeah, yeah. very
1: well set, you'll you fall really off. It very elegantly, much better than I was able to <laughs> no, during this conversation. <laughs> like, See, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's it is a twofold effort because on to, to not necessarily really, I haven't been able to quiet the mind, but I've been able to work despite it, mm-hmm. and it, it, it will be rambling on with all its naysaying and all its doubts and all its. Threading. And then meanwhile, there's this very clear, but rather quiet, uh, urging coming from deeper within me, uh, that I have to obey. And, and the, the, the I think the most challenging part of following that instinct is, you, is like you said, it's leading you to the unknown. You don't know where it's taking you and you don't know why
0: you have to embrace so, it. It's not even that you don't know it. You have to embrace it or you're stuck.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and and you won't be able to explain it if someone asks you, well, why are you making that decision based on this instinct or explain the decision? You won't be able to. You say, I, I don't know. This is just what I'm being told to do by my deepest self or by the life force or however you want to describe sure. it. Something that is ultimately stronger than my mental frenzy is pointing me towards this and all i'm going to do is is follow it and, and and blindly that's 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 very challenging
0: and it's not to say that we're like we're putting the partying aside and this and that like there's still i mean this is a rocking album i, I mean yeah well,
1: I, I, that's what partying is yeah i, I wake Party, up in the morning
0: and i go to work out your life
1: with, with, with adhering to that
0: in the, this is like I, I wear i like put on this album to get me pumped to just be like all right dude like don't be afraid. There's a, there's a book uh, about getting out of your head that this author Gary Bishop wrote called Unfuck Yourself. Get out of your own head. And I subscribed it to the audience along with like Ryan Holiday's Ego is the Enemy and all these books to just say, hey, like we as geeks, because it's geekscape, like the society was critical of us forever. now that geek and comic books are like the, 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 the social media darling and we geeks rule the world – we start to cannibalize each other. Like, let's not do that. Let's let go of all that stuff. Let's get out of our heads of how things should be and how we want them to be and stay in the now and build them into what they are supposed to be. Uh, our audience member, Nick Scown asks when you were starting out and you were, th- did you have ideas of success? And now looking back, has that idea of success changed? Have, have you accomplished it? How do you view that? That st- you, how do you view your, 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 your story looking back at things?
1: Uh, that's a great question. I think that most of it was based on these visual images. Uh, it's something I saw in my mind. Um, again, maybe I better to say I saw or felt in my heart, but it took shape as a visual image. Um, even the music was sort of based on a visual uh, idea of what the music would make someone look like if they were hearing it, or how would I behave if this music was playing there's almost a physical element to your music i think quite visual so in the in the the very beginning the very very beginning i went to see another band play i was dragged i should say to see a band play that i had never cared for and but it sort of felt maybe it was finally time to see them live and maybe that would change everything and it was much much worse than even i had um feared it would be (laughs) and in the midst of all that um, disappointment, but also anger, because I always had a lot of anger and, and sort of free-floating rage, uh, I started saying to myself, if I ever got to be on this stage that this band is now that's just wasting the stage, in my, uh, You know, in my opinion, at that time, uh, I would make music that felt like this, and where my arms were over my head like this, and the crowd was doing this and there'd be this feeling and I could, I could see the way the music sounded. I don't know how to exactly.
0: No, I I mean, when I listen to your music, there's a physical element to it.
1: It all came together as one vision. Mm -hmm. That's really always been the only way I can define success in a, in a meaningful way is trying to make this vision real, you know, make this thing that I've seen inside myself come out and, Take shape in the, the the outside world, and beyond that, there, of course, there's many things I could judge it on: how many people are at a concert, how many records are sold, mm-hmm. how much money do I have or not have, how much, how many, really, how many resources do we have at our disposal to make this manifest? So, there's many ways to look at it, but I think going back to that very early impulse, we have succeeded in, in that regard. I have made it exist, but I have to keep making it exist.
0: Right. And that's the process of taking the external and internalizing it. It seems like you're the you're the guy who you're a guy who takes things and or you're not whether it's conscious or subconscious. You're you're trying to just um, compartmentalize and understand things. You're you're this stuff is churning in you. Um, what what were some of the things you were fighting uh, against back then? And what are some of the things you're fighting against now?
1: Well, I mean, it goes day to day. I was just saying yesterday that I felt so great. Um, I've always been quite, I don't want to say skeptical, but aware that those great feelings can diminish and, and the old familiar feelings can come back. Uh, but that isn't necessarily bad. I, it makes me really appreciate the good feelings more when, when, when they're there, a sense of, 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 I don't even know, contentment, but I, I think a type of real appreciation and, and, and a realization of how, how many blessings I've been given, just how fortunate I am on so many levels, and then that has a tendency, including today, to slip back into irrational frustration and and a real physical anger. I wouldn't say it's violent, but it's there's a lot of energy there. It makes me want to go out and, 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 and do things. That's the only way I can really get rid of it. And in that regard, over the years, I've tried to interpret it. Maybe that isn't even anger. Maybe it, it is just fire. It's just this energy. And sometimes it's going to make it's going to fall on the spectrum of, of what we might call a negative emotion. Sometimes it might fall on the spectrum of, of, of a positive emotion. But I have a lot of uh, of energy and drive, and maybe I don't need to judge it as much and say, oh, well, today the drive uh, it, it makes me feel bad or I have resentment or I have this, this, this competitive feeling It's hard to describe so I've kind of just given up describing it It, it, it feels good at the same time as it feels bad but I, I, I would say I've, there's always been a huge surplus of negative emotions but a, an incredible desire to turn them into something positive.
0: Yeah and, and again it, it, I mean I think depression works that way I think uh, you know if, if our audience has dealt with that, it's it, it is uh, helped by that constant need to stay present and look at things and say, how can I turn this into a gift? Like, even if you're feeling negative, how can I turn this into a gift? How can I take violence and turn it into art or music or performance? You know, and I, and I think that when people first saw your imagery in that first album, I just remember people having uh, the people around me being like, oh, he's got blood coming out of his face like this. is This is violent music. And to me, I was just like, that's expressive. That's incredibly expressive in its force. And it's, you know, uh, I thought it was incredible. And I, I was one of the kids who bought the wolf and you, you sent a, a a call to, but it went to my voicemail because I was shooting a film at the time. I was directing a, mo- oh, wow. a, a movie yeah, and, and I remember awesome. that phone call. Did you get the message? Yeah, I totally got the message. I was like, one day I want to talk to this guy again because, well, and, and I feel like, like this is the time in my life I wanted to talk to you when, when this album is saying so many things to me in such a great way um you know i share a studio here with matt pinfield at at westwood one one day we've got to get you in the studio to like and he says like he says you're awesome he's like he's like tell matthew or tell andrew hey what's up (laughs) he's great i love i love matt
1: pinfield is a master
0: Oh, I look up I, and I'm, I'm sharing rebels. a studio with well, my heroes. I
1: would love to come to the studio.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll get into the weeds. Um, I think the geeks would be be upset if I didn't ask Carlos Lopez his question of, "Will you make another Gundam album?"
1: Only if only if the Sunrise Corporation asks me. to. <laughs> and that's how it happened the first time. I had their official invite and blessing, and it was done under their uh, watchful eye and. You know, they haven't asked again, so I don't know. Maybe they weren't happy with how that turned out. Um, but if they're up for it, I am.
0: Yeah. Did you see Ready Player One?
1: Not yet, but I, I look forward to it. Okay. I haven't had a chance to go to a movie theater lately, but that that's definitely the movie I would go see in the theater. If they're out of all the ones that are
0: present now. And I think it's the one you have to see in the theater just because whether you like it or, or not, but it's because it's just a, an event movie it has got the big 3D and you just need a big screen okay. for that. And there may or may not be a Gundam sequence that <laughs> when I read this question, I was like, oh, yeah, he's going to uh, love this. Um, yeah. Any chance to, to keep acting?
1: Well, I've never consider myself an actor or really have done any acting and sometimes played myself yeah things like uh, a tv show or not really a movie um that i would consider traditional theatrical release so uh i would i don't know it's not something i think i'm very good at so it's not my instincts haven't been taking me there but i really like if i was to make do movies i would want to make my own movie that would be the the ultimate thing
0: yeah, I, th- I think that that the programming, if anything, is there's something to be said about still being new. There's something to be said about not getting into bad habits. You know what I mean? So I think, oh, I think you have to. I, I think, I think if you were to do something like that, because obviously there was a, a web series and this and that is like, it, it would need to be Andrew's thing because I think your voice is. I don't. You know, I mean, the it only thing I'm good know. at, the yeah. only
1: thing I can do, is be myself. I, I've really, I've, I, I've, really tried acting. I can't even walk properly when I'm playing someone else or, or trying to act. I, these are the problems of, of a of an inexperienced amateur actor who hasn't had any lessons. I'm sure that I could see a teacher or something they could, they could help me. But you know, what's really becoming more clear to me, and, and I, I think this is a big shift in thinking, is there's only so much time. There's only so much time to do so many different mm-hmm. things. And I used to be really fascinated by the idea of multitasking or, or doing a million things in a million areas and being able to balance it all. Or, or just, I'd, I'd see people that I really admired who appeared to be doing that. and Maybe they were, but all along I was really only doing one thing, which was doing Andrew WK and that's the only way I can think about it. Whatever happens as a result of doing Andrew WK then falls within that uh, one effort, I will do. But splitting it up, or thinking about what else would you like to do, I don't want to do anything. I mm-hmm. just want to be Andrew WK, really.
0: Yeah, I think that it's important. I mean, this uh, this album right here, Geekscape, as I'll tell you right now, is to me the purest form of Andrew WK. Um, it's got... The the heavy songs, it's got some operatic songs, it's got some really incredible piano pieces, it's got some heavy guitarists, it's got some partying, and it's got some really great uh, thought to it. I um, was blown away by this album, it was an album I felt like I needed. Um, I really, really want to thank you for it. Thank you. It sounds like it came from your your process, which is incredible. And I think the geekscapers are like, wait, why aren't they just talking about party? Why, is, why isn't Jonathan being funny? And it's like, dude, because I'm talking to a fellow artist who I incredibly appreciate.
1: <laughs> you're very kind, and I appreciate your insights. <laughs> Seriously, you're, you're, the way you described, I, I'm, I'm still struggling to figure out what's going on. You know, The album's only been out for a month. It can, it, it's taken me almost 20 years to process what I did twenty years ago,
0: but you're in you the know? weeds, you know. Like you're 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 trying to see the forest for the trees, though. Well, there you go. I mean, perhaps that's, you're, that's you're, again. Your that's just my
1: is valuable, and I I, I, and I do appreciate it. And that's one of the things about partying. There's there's a, there's these I, I think unfortunate traditions, especially in music, where no one else is supposed to matter, and and you know who cares what other people think? And I make this song for me and
0: blame the Beastie Boys. I,
1: no, I'm I, kidding. I've talked about that. And it is a rather self-absorbed, um, even narcissistic type of effort at times. That's actually what makes it so much more fulfilling and, and, and striking when someone else offers a perspective that is enlightening and and encouraging. And, and I, so, thank you for that, Jonathan.
0: Well, your parties always felt collaborative, uh, like they always felt encom- all encompassing. Does that make sense? Like it felt like phew, yeah, it felt like it felt like a party we were always invited to. We may that have taken exactly a punch in the I, face. I
1: wanted it to feel like even not knowing who you may be, you know, even knowing who the people were that were out there or giving a damn it was coming from a, a solitary place, but definitely reaching out.
0: And I think this message is similar. Geekscapist, um, take it for what you will. But it, the album is called, you're not alone. I saw the title and I was like, hell yeah. Andrew's back. And he's got an incredible message. Um, dude, thanks for coming on the phone, uh, and talking to me. Good luck in the UK. I hope you don't you. crack your clavicle like my brother Paul. <laughs> and yeah. um, and uh, when you're back in the states and not on tour and not having a million things going on, uh, let's get you in the studio to talk. You know, to, to get into super details. And we'll talk motivation and music and art and all this cool stuff that we talk about on Geekscape.
1: I would love that, Jonathan. Thank you. I, I, I'll, I'll follow up and we'll do it. We'll make it happen. <laughs>
0: cool. Thanks, Andrew. Love you, buddy. Keep partying. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Bye, buddy. Bye. That was awesome. I love talking to Andrew about this brand new album. Uh, I definitely recommend it. I was super sincere in that conversation about everything I feel when I listen to this album and I think that you should go out and pick it up and it's challenging. It's... uh it's got some inspiring stuff, it's got some dark stuff, it's got some fun and, and light stuff. Um, it's all these pieces, and I'm super fascinated by Andrew and his process. I would love to get him in the studio again to, to really just talk to him about all those things and really get into the weeds about creation and storytelling and the things that we talk about here on Geekscape. If this is your first Geekscape and you enjoyed it, leave us a review. Recommend us to your friends. Tell people that you heard this brand new cool podcast that isn't brand new. We've been around 11 years. And we have tons of old episodes that you can go and listen to. So uh, you can get on that. Um, Wherever you are, I want you to know that Geekscape loves you. Uh, You're a part of this. And thank you for listening today. We've got a brand new episode coming up in a few days with my good friend Jack Kenny, who is a TV showrunner and writer. And uh, he most recently wrote on the second season of Jessica Jones. And he ran cool shows like Warehouse 13 for sci-fi. We talk about the process of writing television and how he got into it and all that. So look for that episode in the feed coming up in a few days. All right. Geeks Geekscabers, over and out.